Welcome to The Business Grind, where we give you an inside perspective on what it takes to start, build, and run a successful business. Here are your hosts, Danny Shaw and Sean Michael Wellington. All right. Hello to everyone in podcast land today. Thanks for joining us. Sean, how are you feeling? Feeling good this week, and uh, we're going to do some money talk this week, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, let's get the money talk. All right. So today's, <laughs> today's episode, we have uh, Mr. Hugh Johnson on uh, on our show today. Mr. Johnson is uh, my accountant, uh, but also the head of his own accounting firm and business as a whole. I know I'm probably not even speaking to everything he does, so I'm just going to say uh, Mr. Johnson, uh, president of Hamjay, also my accountant, but welcome to the show, Mr. Johnson. Hey, Danny and uh, Sean. It's a pleasure. As you said, uh, I'm, the, I'm an accountant, I'm the owner and founder of Hamjay Inc., mm-hmm. the acronym uh, from my name, which is you, Anthony Malcolm Johnson. Uh, that's what the name was, Hamjay was derived. Mm-hmm. And I've been an accountant for most of my working life. I obtained some of my working experiences, you know, from working uh, with three public accounting firms, and mm-hmm. also I was an assistant financial controller with Citibank. Oh, Citibank. Okay, okay, cool. So, mm-hmm. uh, you've been an accountant for most of your life, and so how did yeah. that... I guess, how did the transition st- uh, come about from accounting to having your own accounting services? What happened, uh, I'm just an accounting firm, mm-hmm. and we've been in business for about, I say, 29 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we prepare both personal and business returns. But, you know, my my accounting background started as an as a external auditor. And I just, at some point, I just kind of wanted to look at the other side of the, the financial aspect or, you know, which is taxes. And so that's how pretty much everything started. Did you have um, like an affinity for math and like numbers already before you jumped into this uh, career path, or did you find your way into this? I, I, I you know, my family members, my brothers, uh, my brother and uh, comes of mine, they were the math genius. I pretty much they're the one who taught me areas that I had, I struggled with. They kind of helped me with. So I was, uh, I would say, I was a, a um, a plus uh, math student, but I, I could handle myself, you know, with the help of my brothers. They kind of taught me and so yeah. And then I'm just curious from a, the perspective of being a business owner, um, yeah. you hear a lot that creatives, right, it's the right side of your brain and the left side of your brain, but it seems like accounting and business, they're the same side. So was it an easy transition for you to go from like working for firms and working for companies to working for yourself? Yeah, you know something, it, I'm going to tell you, the learning the curve wasn't bad. I think what helped me, why the transition wasn't as hard, was because I had my accounting background. So I was kind of disciplined with the numbers were concerned, you know, doing the books myself. I didn't need an accountant to advise me with the numbers or anything like that. And so to move from that into starting my own business wasn't hard. And it's so funny that the way it's actually started, um, because what happened was I was working for this, this company and uh, I took a course. And uh, this course that I took, uh, I want to kind of know more about personal taxes. So I took this course with a pretty large uh, firm. It's one of those franchise firms, you know, not to call them a, a neighbor such, but I took a tax course with them and I kind of liked it. And so I started to kind of just kind of, I worked two, uh, two, da- two days a week with them and uh, on a Saturday. I kind of just wanted to see exactly what it was like. And um, it turned out that I, I kind of liked it. And all the transition came, it wasn't really by accident, but my people started to go off at the start of the tax season because I started to work with this company. And a lot of people started to call me and I was like, hmm, I need to make a decision here. here. And so what I, what I did was I took some time off from work for two weeks and then 
I extended that call him and asked for another two weeks. But guess what? I never returned. <laughs> because uh, I, you know, to this day, I, you know, I say to myself that, listen, this company, they are, they're successful. They're, you know, they're a pretty good firm. And I say, you know, this might just be my, my time. And I'm really a risk taker. So it wasn't kind of that hard. So I just kind of bite the bullet. And I just, and I just went for it. Oh. Um, and I remember one day, um, I was speaking to this friend of mine, and I, I mentioned to her um, that I'm thinking of starting my own company. And uh, she said to me, uh, are you crazy? You're going to leave a nine to five, a steady job. You could take care of your family and your son. That was you, Chuna, was myself, you know, was very young at the time. And I said, um, you know, that's ridiculous. And so as I listened to her, um, I said to myself, all right, she's a wet, I call them wet blanket. You know, people who just don't have the vision and for some reason, uh, because she didn't have a vision of that, she was kind of killing my dream. Mm. So that became my, 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 my cornerstone, that the things that I wanted to get into and involved in, I just kept it to myself because mm. I did not want anyone to kind of be that wet blanket to kind of, you know, kind of kill my dream. Right. And so I just, I just went for it. He was doing taxes on the side, but then one year on yes. tax season, the, the beeper, the beeper, yes. for, for you youngins out there, people, uh, we have beepers, right? <laughs> but your beeper, yeah, yeah. So the beeper was just I've going been, off so busy during tax season that it just forced you yeah. to take time off from your job. Right. Mm. Uh, I, you know, I've been doing this, I've been, my, I have my company for, I'd say 29 years. And so what happened was, um, was when I decided to make this run, I remember sitting down and I uh, came up with a name and I wanted to secure an, uh, an easy telephone number that you know people would remember. So remember at the time, I had to, be, I had to make a deposit of $300 to secure such a number with the telephone company. So I went down to John Street, that's in the Wall Street Financial District, made a deposit, got it, came back up and uh, got the name bought an answering machine, connected, and I remember saying to my son, whenever this phone ring, never, ever answer this phone. Because this was, I, I was starting to build my infrastructure, so to speak. And so that's actually where I started. But my thing was, I, I was starting in my living room. And um, I didn't want my clients to come, or my prospective clients to come to my home. So one of the things I did is that I said, listen, don't leave your home and come out in the cold. Wherever you are, I will come to you, mm. and and that's what I did. I wherever my client was, and some of the trips that I made might not have been practical. Uh, a few critics would say um, it just didn't make financial sense. Not the, only did I travel just two to five boroughs, but I remember my first client, one of my first clients in Hartford, Connecticut, was a two-hour ride, mm. and I drove all the way to to, to Hartford just for one client. Now, probably the gas and, and everything was even more than my fees. But I, my thing was I built my business on service. Mm -hmm. And that's the mantra. That's the cornerstone. So I had no problem driving to Connecticut just for that one client. Because the following year, I got a family. And it was the same thing I did. I flew to Florida for one client. That was ridiculous. Because why would you flew to fly to Florida for just one client just to hear for her again? But I saw the vision again. It's all about service. Mm -hmm. Now I have, I have, you know, more than a hundred clients in Florida. Mm -hmm. So my thing, I think, if I offer good service, then I think, you know, everything will fall into place. What made you 
you know, go so hard that I'm going to Florida, I'm going to Connecticut, I don't care. This is a part of my brand. You know, um, I just, I, I, I just believe in service. I, I think that I've never advertised in the newspaper. I never paid for ad- advertisement. My, I did my company just by just um, service. I think that will speak for itself. So I just try to whatever I do. When I started out, I just give everything my all. Once I start a company, and I feel that if I give it my all, and if I just can just let them see the difference between myself and another company, that will speak for itself. And so, at the time, there was no internet service or you know Facebook or anything like that. So I just thought that I had to just just give good quality service if I give that. And so I started just be, just doing that. Um, my business card was like my American Express. Everywhere I went, one of my policy was I never gave out one business card because I think each person has a friend and they have family members. I normally give out a minimum of three business cards. And so if I went to a, a restaurant just to buy food, I'm going to give out my business card. If I, if I went to a funeral service, I'm sorry, but I'm going to be adding out some funeral uh, some cards and <laughs> funeral service. And I say that seriously, everywhere I went, if I paid a toll going over the watch, uh, in the bridge, the toll clerk, I give them these three cards. If I go to the post office to buy stamps, I give the postal clerk. So I, 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 I do to this day have postal workers who are retiring now who I got them just by being that determined or just, you know, by just being this gun out of you know, of just pushing my company that, that well. And so from the start, I feel if I can offer something different, just different from my competitors, from somebody else, I think it will, it will, it will speak volume. And so to this day, I just, I focus and build my business just on service, 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 just to just stand out. Early on, your business was in your house, right? You don't want your clients yes. to go. So, right. and, but you also talk about your vision on what you thought. So, you know, how, what was, how did, uh, I guess the process from, what was the vision overall when you were in that living room and what was the process behind building it to that overall vision that you had in mind? All right. I started out in my living room. I did just want to disrupt my home life. That much I know. So I feel at the time the traffic coming into my home, I didn't necessarily, I didn't have to do that because mm-hmm. of what I was doing. So the, pretty much I knew from day one was that, I'm going to go to my clients wherever they are. So that was the basis for everything. So as I get a new client, if they were, I used to drive to Manhattan to, to Wall Street to meet prospective clients. I sit in my car during the lunch break, they come into my, uh, my car, and we sit and we talk and get information from them. And at the time, because I was in my living room, what I did to each person's home, initially when I go to someone's home, I would take carbonized paper. So what I would do is sometimes, because instead of taking it back to my home and then taking it back to them, I'd sit and do the return in their home. And so I would have three copies because from those carbonized paper, I just do three returns. I would just do a return. The first one that would be for the clients to mail, another one for their, co- uh, for their copy and one for myself. So I didn't have a copy machine, but I just had to be creative with whatever thing I do from day one, I try to be creative. So my thing was that regardless of wherever you are, I am going to come to you. So that's what I, each person that I spoke with, I said, doesn't matter where you are, you're in Brooklyn, I'll come. You're in Connecticut, I will come to you. It doesn't matter because I know at some point it might not be cost effective immediately, but I guarantee you with service, and as I build my client base, because each person is going to tell somebody they're going to be pleased with what I'm doing, and at some point it will more 
that curve will move up to profitability. And so I just didn't watch the numbers in terms of my outlay of expenses in a sense because I knew at some point it's going to, it, 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 it's going to pay off. And so that's just what I did. And it's so funny though, the way I moved from my bed, from my, from the, from my living room, because when somebody calls my, 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 that's that office, that number that I have for 29 years that I, I got, and then you get that outgoing message, they would think it was an office. It sounds like a professional thing. So it's all about having that so-called infrastructure. But you, you had to have some other infrastructure when someone calls and they think it's called, they're calling an office. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I couldn't let my son answer the phone. Mm-hmm. And, and so as I built from that, how did I, and how I moved from my living room into, into my first office space was, it was kind of funny because I got my first corporate client. Someone referred her to me, and that person is still my client now that this is. What happened was they, they needed a payroll audit to be done. This is my first business client. And I said, listen, you know, listen, I've never done this before, but I'm going to read, I'm going to learn. I'm never going to say no. I'm good because, you know, um, I turn my back on that. You know, um, I just couldn't do that. But that was just never my, uh, in me. So what I did, I tried to rent a, a desk space, you call it. You know, and I said, listen, mm-hmm. I rent a desk from, from you. I, used, I went on White Plains Road and the different neighbors to get a desk space. They for, you know, $75 for, just for the day or just a couple hours. But no one had any. And so I stumbled onto this office and this guy was renting this office space. Uh, a friend of mine, he's in insurance. And he said, hey, you, there's, a, in, there's an office space here. But I... I'm like, I didn't want such a commitment. I didn't want a lease. I didn't want, because I didn't, I, I, at the time, I didn't have enough business clients to have a steady cash flow coming in to maintain the type of expense that I'd be, you know, go, um, I'd be uh, picking up. But I, so I took the, I took it. And I said, listen, I, I'm going to figure it out, you know. So the rent at the time might have been uh, way back then. Let's say it might have been 600. It was, uh, you know, I, so I got it and I took it. So I said to myself, all right. And so I got the client, I got the audit, and, and everything went very well. I said, all right, how am I going to pay for this? January 1st, my rent is due for my office. January 15th, my rent is due for my apartment. So I'm going to juggle. So what I would do, I'd pay that rent, my office rent, and trust me, I'm going to get that money in 14 days' time to pay the rent <laughs> at, my, at, my, at my home. I can't afford to be evicted. And so... I did it. You see, I had that much confidence in myself that I know I don't care what I am going to succeed. I am going to get that money. Mm-hmm. And I did it for a little while without with just one business client. I started it out, you know, so the taxis would end. And what did I do? I, I have you to have a lease for the office space. And so what I did is that, and there was no turning back. I, um, I decided I'm going to register with a temp agency. Doing a tip agency allows me the flexibility. Once the tax season comes around again in January, I can just leave, and then I could just keep doing this until I build my client base. You know, mm-hmm. but that's how the transition went from my living room to my first office space. You know, oh, that's that was a leap of faith. That that's a very tight turnaround from the first to the fifteenth for the rent yes. and the client. That's, that's, <laughs> yes, yeah, it worked. It, it, it worked. worked. You know. <laughs> But it was kind of close. So at what point, yeah. you you know, you're doing the, the, that back and forth, you know, the 15-day turnaround for month over month. Uh, what, mm-hmm. it was it more like just a steady growth year over year that allowed you to say, okay, I don't need to do this anymore and I can get a more permanent situation? Because I know like now you have like your, a corner, you know, your office and, you know, a mm-hmm. staff and a team. So how long was right. that overall transition? 
you know what happened? Because I, I was really hungry. I was really, really hungry and determined mm -hmm. to, really, to really build my brand. My brand. So um, as I said, I would take a little um, attempt job here and there. So I, I got some income coming in. Mm -hmm. But then at some point, I just left that because um, I was, I, my key was minimize expense at, at all. You know, mm -hmm. that was my key. So I got in space. And so the good thing with this is just that, yes, I, I had the rent, I had the telephone, but the utility was a part of the rent, so that wasn't too bad. And so I just actually just built, my client just started to grow just by word hearsay, you know, mm -hmm. friends just started telling friends and so forth. Uh, so over a period of time, it grew. I'm trying to figure out, the turn, uh, trying to remember, because this has been so long, but, um, but I mean, actual why, but the, the thing was, at no point in time, fortunately, I was at the point where I was kind of threatened um, with eviction in a sense because mm -hmm. I made it, I made it work. So even if I had to do um, uh, that, I from that person uh, with an audit, that person had a, uh, gave me a a, a, a write up. So that person became a monthly uh, client. And guess what? They had two other companies. They had a real estate office, mm -hmm. and so. I had, I was doing like two different, I was doing, there are three companies. So I was the accountant doing the write-off. So that's three income, well, you know, mm -hmm. billing process with them was somewhat decent. So the amount of money that I kind of needed to pay this rent was kind of not right. I was kind of breaking even mm -hmm. at some point afterwards. And she told another friend and another friend. And so Bill, friends just started telling friends, uh, individuals. And, and then I saw the importance of getting that monthly client just to get that thin Throw. Mm -hmm. But although during the tax season, though, um, when I was when I was a key that when I was at uh, this this company, this place working, um, this, those two days as a as a as a tax preparation uh, tax preparer, I remember um, one thing while I was there, I became like one of their favorites because when my when my other Co-workers would stop for lunch mm -hmm. and take a lunch. I never stopped for lunch. I worked through lunch, and so at the end of the day, I would end up, you know, doing probably fifteen returns when they might have done five or so. Mm -hmm. But I just, I, I just wanted just to learn as much as I can, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, and um, and I made it, you know. But it, it, it turned out to be the best move that I've made, mm -hmm. and um, I'm still here, you know. Yeah, you still, still here. here. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm mad at that, Sean. Yeah, any thoughts, Sean? Right. No, no, it just is, uh, it reminds me of uh, the pursuit of happiness, how he wasn't taking lunch. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah. It sounds like you predated that story, so he might have got that idea from you. But yeah, it just, uh, <laughs> that's the first thing I thought of is uh, yeah. Gardner skipping lunch to get more sales calls in, uh, be more efficient. So, uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm about to get clown because I've never seen the movie, but I know the gist, so I'll take you over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get, you get the idea, though. He worked really hard. I've really really yeah. yeah. seen a few scenes and memes uh, about it, so yeah. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Johnson, what, like, you know, you've been in, in this industry for so long, it's, you know, pretty much, you know, it seems like you got a good rhythm and cycle with it, obviously. What would you say has been the hardest part of the business so far, or running the business? The roughest part might have been initially was the challenge was just getting some funds a little capital in initially because i tend to whenever money comes in i kind of want to plug it back into my company and mm. bill mm -hmm. you know and so the capital you know i had to kind of figure out how can i get that money to come in to just buy a few more computers and do all, all the things so initially um you know that might be a little challenge at some point uh in terms of 
get them the cash, enough cash mm. to, you know, buy the, the software, but it, it costs a couple of thousand dollars at the time, mm-hmm. uh, what the company was doing, and then, you know, just do a couple of things. But again, I, 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 get, I became a little creative in how I did that, you know, mm-hmm. I would probably get it from a family member or whatever, but, you know, give them a little interest on it or whatever, just to make it a little lucrative uh-huh. for the both of us, you know, and mm-hmm. so forth. Um, but, you know, so, but, um, so that was the, actually the little challenge that I faced initially, you know, for you two or whatever. Mm-hmm. But my thing was always is to pump back, build my working capital, build from that, and so that build. So, because I wanted to be smarter in terms of, let's say, the more computers I have, the mm-hmm. more people can hire, the more returns I can do, and the less hours I can work in a sense, you know. So, mm-hmm. just, little, just wanted to work a little smarter. I'm just curious, has any of uh, the people in your staff gone on and started businesses of their own and followed in your footsteps, followed your examples at all? I'm going to be honest with you, most of my staff, I, I've been fortunate, really been fortunate to retain most of them. So I have people who have been working for me for 20 years, 18 years or whatever. Because you know what the thing I did is that I feel if I treat my staff very, very well, they're going to stay. And so I, I treat them. So most of my staff, if you walk in there, 90% of my, they've been here for years. Some might be seasonal, but they come back. And so, um, so no one has ever left to branch out to start a competitive business of mine because they, they've been other things, so to speak. So, so might be, uh, if, if they're seasonal, they might be a paralegal, they might be doing other things. And so, you know, they come back afterwards, but most of my staff at that, I can say they've been here for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And the key to that is, you know, I try to reward them. I try to, you know, pay them. I try to take care of them in that respect, and I treat them like family. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, at the end of each tax season, one of the things that I do, I I take them out to a t- uh, appreciation dinner every year, and I've been this for years. Um, and I'm talking about some serious restaurant just to say thank you, thank you for you know being committed, thank you for the work that you, you that you do. And I think the fact that I have your back, they kind it it kind of you know it relates to that it. It, they became somewhat loyal to me because they, they realized I was committed to them. It just wasn't about me and just making that money, but I treated them as family, you know. And, and so, not, so to date, no, none of them has branched out to start their own company, but they've all stayed. They're still with me. You know, we cover a lot of tech companies or tech case studies, right? And that's usually yeah. uh, a lot of things that we talk about. But it's interesting in, in their approach, they focus a lot on taking loans and getting money from other folks. ASAP, right? Uh, yeah. Be- before being profitable, and it looks like in your case, it was you knew you was going to be profitable just off the numbers alone. The cash flow wasn't right. really coming, but you kept pumping it into the business as opposed to taking on leveraging, right. you know, a, a, a large amount of debt, which I think makes right. sense because you are an accountant, so that you know. Right. I, I, yeah, that's it. I never had a large debt. Never right. had a large debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and one of the things is that um, is accounts receivable. I, I don't have accounts receivable. Hmm. Uh, and a few of my clients taught me that very well. And so some of them, Sherlock Holmes, uh, you know, um, a detective, the private eye guy, guy person, uh, Sherlock Holmes. And I didn't want to have to run and try to find my, those people mm-hmm. who never came back and pay me. So my thing is that I never give the return unless it's paid for, mm-hmm. because once you give the return prior to, then there's no incentive to come back to, come back. to pay you. Right. right. So the incentive is that I'll keep it and then you can come and pay me or I offer a bank product. So if you don't have the cash up front, that's no problem. The fees can be deducted. So right. I can answer all the situation right there. If you don't have the cash, I offer you a bank product. If you don't want to go to, don't want to go to bank product, you're going to pay. 
But I, I'll keep the return. If he doesn't have to keep it for five months until you come back. Yeah. But I just don't believe it. I, yeah. But I don't believe in accounts receivables, you know? For, for yeah. the audience, if just for the audience that might not be aware, accounts receivable is essentially the balance on something's due. Uh, so yeah. that essentially right. means, Mr. Johnson, I, go ahead, Mr. Johnson. Oh, you know, right. I never have to wait for them to come at him, pay me. Right. So I'm not going to do the work. And then, and then uh, you know, credit you, and then I'm going to put the books away for you to come in and pay me at, at your time. Because I, I, as I said, there's never a sense of urgency mm-hmm. when someone have, have the finished product in their hand. Mm-hmm. The ur- urgency is there when you have the product and they need it and they got to come to you. So I'm not going to issue, I don't care what it is. Um, I'm going to wait. I, I'm very patient. Mm-hmm. It can stay in my file cabinet for one year. <laughs> you will come for it when you're ready. But I, yeah, and so that had been so in the early years when I got kind of burnt by a few clients, mm-hmm. that, you know, um, I built on that, and so I'm glad for those clients, right? Because now that that, that just never happens. It just no. never happens. No, I feel, uh, Sean, we we literally just did an episode like this. Uh, our last episode was about getting burnt, <laughs> and then right, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. So you yeah, think, yeah. not Johnson's not leaving no money unturned. You leave no accounts receivable. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. No, that's I, you know, I will say, and Sean, feel free to correct if I'm wrong. Happen, but I think now as we're talking through it, it seems like Mr. Johnson might be like the first guest that we have, maybe outside of Mark, that has been in the industry for so long, right? And successful. So they have. It seems like they have the gems, or they're telling their success story, where some other folks are a little bit more new into the game, and they're speaking to their trials and tribulations, right? Um, right. But also for this industry. A lot of the lessons that you have spoken to so far could be applied to every industry that we've talked about or covered in this show so far. But I, I do have a question, right? Because you're known for your your accounting services and, and bank services, but you also have another business, yes? Yes. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. I yeah, the apparel company, uh, Yardman Style. Yes. Yeah. Um. Uh, it's so funny. Um. How did really start it out is that um at the end of the tax my tax season. I normally go away just by myself for four or five days. I just wanted to think, just to, you know, you know what what's the next phase, what's the next step. Mm-hmm. And I thought about you know the apparel business, and I said to myself, hmm. but the apparel business is very broad. And I'm like, what area would I get into? You know, mm-hmm. what is there that no one has, has done? And so what I did first is that um, I came up with a, a name because I figure. And I kept with the name Yardman style. I remember when I came up with that name, I said, I'm not going to say to anyone. I just called back my office and said, listen, just, form, just do a name search, form a corporation, just do it. And we just start doing it because I know I was going to do it. That, mm-hmm. I know once I'm going to do something, that's it. So I came up with the name and everything. And I said, all right, there's something. There's an urban way. There's, a, there's, there's, a, there's like a little niche. There's a need for the reggae market, so to speak. Right. And, and so, so I just I, I don't want to I'm sorry to cut you off just for the for yeah. our audience who may not know could you explain Yardman style and like the name and what it means to the audience? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean in a nutshell, it's just Yardman style. It's just going back to your foundation, going back to your roots, in mm-hmm. a sense, you know, mm-hmm. and that you know just to keep it as simple as possible. Okay. And um, and so the name. So it's so funny that I realized that so many people use the name from time to time, mm-hmm. but the name was a the, the name was available to be trademarked. And so I, I trademark the name Robin Style and also um, We Run Things, Things mm-hmm. That Run We, mm-hmm. and I trademark that also. But what happened just from that, just being at, you know, being away after the taxis, when I came back, I just started to put things into place. And so 
I didn't know anything about the, the apparel business. So what I did, I remember just going into the fashion business, I bought some books and I bought something just started to read up about it. And seriously, and I know, and so what I ended up doing is that I said, all right, I flew to Germany. I took it that seriously, I flew to Germany, I flew, I flew to Cologne, Germany, because I wanted to see a trade show. I wanted to see, I know I'm going to need manufacturers, I'm going to need, uh, you know, in terms of the material, I, did, I need, and I, I had no way to turn, and you know what, could kind of guide me. Mm-hmm. And I went, I went to Cologne, Germany, and I went to the, that, that large show there, and I, I met, you know, uh, factories, I met, you know, um, sources, I met um, designers, I met so many different things, mm-hmm. uh, individuals. And, and so I came back, and I said, all right, I have a client base, I'm going to use my. I'm going to level my client, my, my client base, a couple of thousand clients or whatever. So I said, this is what I'm going to do. So what I did is that I came back. I said, let me just start start my branding. I said, just let me get a baseball cap. Mm-hmm. So I got me a baseball cap, and at the time, I just got the main yard myself of the cap um, because I didn't start in serious manufacturing. I just want to see how people would react. Mm-hmm. I remember I put ten thousand dollars in the company first. I bought some some blank te- some tees. And then I got the name Yard and Style, just put on the shirt, and you know, and, and with my logo. And what I did, my clients as they came into my office, I just gave each client a T-shirt and a baseball cap. Because guess why? They're going to walk to Brooklyn. They're going to go to Manhattan. They're going to go to Connecticut. They're going to go to you know, Staten Island, and they're going to be wearing this product. So I'm going to use my client to, to as a leverage to to just advertise mm-hmm. by, by just wearing it, mm-hmm. and people could ask it. What's the man said, where do you get the company? You know, uh, yeah, yeah. And so I said, me, ready people who love that to say, yeah, we get at the yard, man. We get at the yard, and people start to ask. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to build a curiosity. And so I started doing that. And from that, um, but I, I, I literally gave away most of those products by, and, I, and as I built a curiosity, then I remember I, start, I, I met a designer and uh, we talked to him what I'm looking for and everything like that. And I just, Pretty much started, and um, it was I, I I made my my stuff was done here initially first mm-hmm. because it didn't have a factory overseas, and then I learned about magic. Magic, ah, is magic like the show, yes, tra- yes, yes. It's a largest trade show, mm-hmm. and right in Las Vegas. And so myself and a few, you know, my family would go to Las Vegas to do these shows, you know. So again, I had a product, but I didn't have much, and I said, but no, these people were all in bulk. So this was a little wake up call for me in a sense because somebody might come and say, "Listen, I want, you know, I want five thousand. I want this. That can be a, a little rude awakening." It didn't happen, but I got some sale, initial sale, but enough to keep my curiosity to say, "Hey." So I got in um, with, on the path, and I know that I wanted to do it from the wholesale level mm-hmm. and not just on a one by one to one. So and so that's what I did. So what I. After going to Las Vegas and coming back, I started retaining designers to start designing for me. And uh, one thing led to another. Um, it became very profitable. I started, my stuff was starting to make, it was made in China. Um, you know, ship here and uh, tariff was kind of expensive. But then we, we did pretty, pretty well after after a while. You know, I'm just kind of getting to the point in a sense. Mm-hmm. So we used to sell, we sell our products uh, in Jamaica. We sold in Europe because we're trademarked not only in the U.S. but we're trademarked also in Jamaica. We're mm. trademarked in Europe. We're trademarked in in, um, in Canada. So no one can really go there and use the name Yardman style mm-hmm. uh, in on the apparel side 
because they'll get a letter from us to say C's, you know, <laughs> to, to C's and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I made sure, so even before I started telling a lot of people about it, I made sure I, I, I filed the trademark immediately because I know sometimes people will just hear that you, you are, look, there's a name, the company that you want to form, mm-hmm. and they might try to beat me to it. So mom was the word when I came back and I just trademarked it and I just, it just you know, we just went from there, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, 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 it's been pretty well though, yeah. But the, back in the days, we used to have, you know, we used to go to Magic. Um, you know, we used to have uh, you know the Sean John's uh, mm-hmm. Echo, you know, Anishi, uh, yeah. and all of those brands because that's way back when I, I started it, you know, mm-hmm. um, several years ago. And uh, but I, you know, we did pretty well. You know, we had a good run. You know, when we did it and so forth. You know, but um, it's again, I just went all in. And the, the good thing, the good, the, one of the good thing about starting Yardman Style on my own is. I learned it from the ground up. Unlike somebody might, let's say a puffy or whatever, might just hire people and they just do all the work. Mm-hmm. I was forced to know to get an RN, but what's the RN number, get this and all the stuff. So I, I forced to learn every single thing from the ground up. So I knew the business, you know, to some extent, you know, I knew what was involved mm-hmm. and, and things like that. But it, it, it was not, I, I really, really enjoyed it though, you know, yeah. really enjoyed it. I said, I like to kind of form my own companies then, then buy a franchise or buy something. I, I like, I like, I like the work that it takes to just get it off the ground, you know? Yeah, you I, like, I just enjoy that. You like yeah. to build it and start it up on your own and learn all the yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, because I enjoy the work, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, and that's yeah. quite the quite a different business from <laughs> from the accounting firm. Yeah, too. totally, <laughs> so. yeah. Cause I, yeah, because, yeah, as like I said, I knew nothing about the power business, nothing whatsoever. And I even had uh, even a travel agency, again, knew nothing about that also. You didn't travel. Uh, it's named after my two sons, Kadeem and Hugh, uh, and you did travel again. I again, one of my one of my one of my principal, one of my uh, foundation is never to ever depend on your employees. Any company that I start, I always want to know how to run that business. I never want to be a ransom. I never wanted to an employee can dictate mm-hmm. certain things because they know it. And I'm, you know, I'm forced, but my back against the wall. Mm-hmm. So even when I had the travel agency, I could book cruises, I could book airline travel, I, I could do everything because I, again, I just always wanted to know it. You know, I didn't want to be held ransom by any staff members. And, and way back in Jamaica, I used to work for the accounting firm, uh, and I remember this accounting firm. This guy, he had a, uh, a chartered accounting firm, but guess what? He didn't know taxes. He didn't know. He got it because he was doing the business that long. Mm-hmm. And so because he didn't know the art, he didn't know the business, I saw where the staff members pretty much wanted. Mm-hmm. I remember this guy who was coming at one o'clock in the afternoon and you beg him to come in at nine and he couldn't fire him because guess why? He was the backbone of the company. Mm-hmm. And so he could Scott would come in at one, two o'clock any time any day. And, the, and my boss, he could not fire him, he couldn't do anything. He was L ransom by this guy because he didn't know the work. And again, that was planted in my head from day one. Never let your staff know more than you. You know, so that was part of my thing. I just wanted, or I should know as much as they, you know, mm-hmm. as they know. You know, so my thing was just always knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. Learn about whatever you're doing, so that you know you can have an hands-on say in the running of the company. Oh, I wasn't even aware of the travel agent company. So agency company yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah what happened is that the, the airline stopped paying commission and uh, i just was in the business of you know not receiving revenue and maintaining paid four staff yeah, yeah. members <laughs> so once the airline stopped paying commission i said no nah, i didn't make it and to go into the tour part of it was a little bit tricky mm-hmm. um 
you know, it's like Google control that, that market. And so to get in on the tour side of it, into world travel, it was a little tricky. So um, mm -hmm. once the airline decided to stop uh, paying commission, I decided it was time to move on. No, I feel you. I, I like that statement. I might be butchering. I'm not in the business of not getting revenue. Uh, I might have to yeah. use that because I mean, I can see it as like you know, <laughs> as like a billboard on uh, or something. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. All right, Sean, you have any closing questions or comments? No, man. I think we got like a real in-depth look at your business and then kind of your frame of mind and your philosophy on business too. So, um, yeah, yeah. this is a very comprehensive thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a pleasure. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a pleasure being on with uh, the both you, Don and Sean, um, Danny and uh, Sean. It's Thank been a pleasure. You. I'm really glad that, you know, you invited me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just to come and just talk to you, just share, you know, about something that I'm doing, that I'm having fun doing, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really glad to be on your, on your program. All right, so that's a wrap on this week's episode with Mr. Hugh Johnson, founder and president of Hamdi Accountant Services. We hope you enjoyed his story and lessons learned along the way in starting his multiple businesses. As always, if you have a question you would like us to answer on the show, shoot us a message on any of our social media channels or shoot us an email at questions at businessblindshow.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share on Spotify and iTunes. See you again soon. In the meantime, keep grinding. The Business Grind is for entertainment purposes. Opinions expressed are those solely of the host and guests. Please consult with a professional and exercise discretion before engaging in any business endeavors. I'm out here on the grind. I'm out here on the grind.